welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! 12 is a very significant number and we want to celebrate today just a little bit over the last 12 years all that God has done through Kingdom Culture and you are all, if you've been tracking with us, you're all a part of it, you're all a part of the journey and we'd love to continue to invite you along with us for the next 12 years or however long it's going to be. Um, We want to thank you though, thank you for your rich generosity over the years, thank you for your connection to the house, connection to the ministry, even before it was ever a church, we ever had, we ever had a church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we have a special video for you. It's about a minute and 12 seconds. So turn your attention to this video, and I know it's going to encourage you. Just 12 years ago, in 2008, Kingdom Culture became a legal, federally incorporated charity, and we have been going strong ever since. We have seen thousands trained in our schools of the supernatural, mobilized in outreach and missions, investing in leaders all over the world, incredible humanitarian efforts, and thousands experiencing the reality of Jesus for the first time, and incredible supernatural miracles and phenomena. From back in 2004, when I began teaching my first school of the prophetic in my neighbor's house with 13 people, to traveling around the world seeing wild moves of God, we have had incredible media opportunities, as well as taking on the local church and impacting our city. And to, of course, losing our building and facilities just four years ago, becoming a mobile organization and church moving from venue to venue for three years. It's been worth it all. We are so excited for all that God has done in and through the ministry of Kingdom Culture and excited, of course, for what's to come. Our story is not over yet. Love it. I hope that encouraged you. I know it's just, it's so cool to see what God has done over the last, you know, 12 years alone. I was, I've been combing through old archive footage over the last week, week and a half, and uh, I'm just, my mind is blown. You, you forget the things that God has done. You forget all these moments where you've crossed over through hard times and you've broken through, you know, walls of opposition and things that have come against you. And it's amazing to look back. It's so amazing to remember. You know, Jesus said it when he was um, with his disciples at the Last Supper. And Paul reemphasized it about this whole concept of communion, the bread and the wine. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember, remember who I am. Remember what I've done. David did it. You can read it in the Psalms where he'd be discouraged and, you know, in need of encouragement. And he would just remember, like, all the amazing things that God did in the past. And, you know, maybe you're sitting there today and you are where you are right now because of various moments of break through various moments of walls coming down in your life uh, years ago, and now you are the way that you are now because of that. Remember those good things. Remember that, you know, God broke through in your marriage. Remember that God broke through in your finances. Remember that time that when you had no job, you got the right job at the right time and everything worked out. Remember that time when someone was sick and they were healed and they recovered. And remember those restored relationships, those moments where you thought it was all going to be over, and yet God just showed up. Remember, it's so, so powerful to remember. And uh, I've been doing a lot of that in this last, in this last season. You know, I, I came into um, the end of February, the end of February uh, into March, really feeling like God was showing me what he wanted to do in March uh, as a house, as kingdom culture. And so we launched the series, What to Expect When Expecting. And you know that the, the theme that's kind of come out in that series was, one of the greatest things, one of the things that I think we need to learn to expect when expecting 
great things in our life is the unexpected. And it's in the unexpected where God shapes us, where God sculpts us, where God makes us into the people that really we're called to be, but we need to go through those things to be shaped so we can handle all the things that God wants to give us in the future, in the next season that we're moving into. And I felt like going into March, it was a preparation. It was like a setting of the tone for the next season. And I felt like God showed me that we were to go into this three-month series starting April 12th, bringing back the number 12 again, uh, bringing back the number 12, uh, April 12th, uh, for 12 weeks, which is three months, 12 weeks, and we were to call it Revive 2020. And I really felt like going into it, and I had no idea, obviously, that this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 situation would take place. None of us really did the way that it is. And, uh, you know, life has turned itself upside down in our lives. We don't, like, as many people don't even know how to navigate this season. There's so many new things to learn how to navigate in this season. And I I kind of felt almost apprehensive even now continuing this theme because I'm like, it, it's, it wasn't going to go the way that I thought it was going to go, but yet I feel like it's God and I feel like God wants to revive us in the next season. And maybe you're watching, you're not part of the Kingdom Culture family locally, but you're connected abroad. We welcome you. You're a part of this as well. And if you're new with us this morning online, welcome. This is also for you as well. But as of next week, April 12th, for 12 weeks straight, we're going to be praying and believing that God is going to revive some major things in our life. And we're going to be hitting, we're going to be hitting some key topics along the way that I believe are important for us moving into this next season um, for God to revive and reawaken inside of us. And, and we're going to be doing it online for as long as we have to. For as long as uh, the situation continues, we're going to be doing this online. And even when we come back, by the way, into our auditorium, we still will be coming at you live, but it will just be looking a little bit different. But uh, I want to welcome, once again, everybody watching. I'm excited for this season. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, as I was thinking or looking back through all the old archive footage, I was just super thankful. I could not help but being thankful. All the miracles, all the thousands of people around the world impacted, you know, just through media, through missional outreaches and events, conferences, things that we've done, schools that we've done over the years. I was just, I'm so, I'm awestruck actually about all the things that God has done. And you're like, well, you know, why would you be awestruck? Because I forget sometimes. I forget and I look back and I'm like, wow, man, that was amazing. And I forgot about some of the people that were with us or some of the things that took place. I forgot. But when you look back and you see and you remember, it does something to your faith. It reignites your faith. And so, and I remember at the beginning of the year, uh, I shared a word, and there's going to be a video clip coming out this week about it, um, but uh, I shared a word with our house and um, online about what I felt like God was doing, about the three things that God was going to be dealing with in 2020, and that was fear, it was um, the whole idea around God, trusting God for provision, but not just enough, more than enough. And the third thing was about not walking blind in the season and, and really understanding and getting a hold of the reason for the season. And I feel like these three things we are all globally, for most of the, most, most of the globe, is wrestling with right now. The body of Christ is wrestling with, uh, 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 you know, dealing with these things of, can God, are you still the provider that you were when I had a job? Because maybe you lost your job. God, you know, are you still the God of, of faith? I feel so much fear right now. And you give me faith and I feel fear right now and dealing with fear. And then also, God, you're the God who gives me clarity when I can't see. You give me the insight into the reason for every season because there is a reason. And we're going to pull out and extract the greatest of opportunities in this season, no matter how hard it may feel for you. Um, we are going to cross over. And that's, I feel like the word for this morning is that we're going to cross over. We've crossed over in the past, looking back at all of the good things God has done. And we're going to cross over now in the present. And we're going to keep crossing over. He's the God of the crossover. You know, one of the best things that I, I, I think I've ever uh, brought back from Israel. I've been to Israel twice and I brought back various things uh, in both trips. But the first trip I did to Israel was back in 2004. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to the area where the creek, actually, where David, David, King David, before he was king, um, would have picked his five stones to fight the giant Goliath, the, the Philistine. 
the head of the Philistine army. And, you know, Israel was intimidated and Saul didn't know how to manage and navigate this. And David, little young David, shepherd boy, who had been training with a slingshot, uh, you know, on the hilltop with the sheep as a shepherd, taking care of the sheep, taking care, you know, you know, taking out the bear, taking out, uh, you know, the, 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 the lion, taking out the various attacks and the various predators that would come in to attack the sheepfold. He had learned to deal with this, but he had never come against what he was about to come against. And he was going to come against Goliath, a giant man. I mean, David was a smaller guy. And Saul tried to, you know, put David's armor or Saul's armor on him. It didn't fit him. But David said, you know what? If I can fight the lion, the bear, if I can deal with these sheep like I have been, I can take this giant out with uh, a few stones. So he, so he grabbed five stones out of a creek and... Um, and, and, you know, obviously, you know the story. He, he slung the stone and it, and it killed Goliath and he won the battle. And that was a part of the beginnings of his promotion to begin to move forward into his destiny and purpose. And I brought back a bunch of stones from that creek. And here's one of them. And I gave it to my son, actually. And uh, we call it the Jesus Rock. Stones are very important. Stones have memories. Stones are a way to remember. It's like Jesus. He, you know, we're called to remember him. Well, he was called the cornerstone, the, the greatest of all stones. You know, the Bible even calls us living stones. Stones are a very important part of our spiritual journey. And they represent, they represent memories. They represent things that, and battles that have been won, triumphs, trophies in the spirit. They represent victories. And, and um, this stone, Ily, is a reminder that, you know, when we're scared, when we're in fear, that even just one stone can take out the biggest giants that we're facing. And I feel like we're facing a giant right now. We're facing a, a River Jordan moment where we don't know how to cross it. We're facing a Red Sea moment, you know, like Moses when he led the people out of Egypt. And one of the first big, uh, you know, obstacles they, they came up against was having to cross this Red Sea. And how were they going to do it? And, you know, S Moses lifted up his staff and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't make it happen. He couldn't in his own effort make the sea part. He had to trust God and God stepped in and God fought the battle for Moses. Well, it's like this right now, all over the world right now. We're facing this Jordan called coronavirus, this Jordan called, you know, economic shakedown, this Jordan called, I've lost my job, I've, I, I, I've lost my income, I've lost my retirement. All these things that have happened right now are like this Jordan that we're facing. How do we get across it? It's like this Red Sea that we're facing. How do we get across it? And the same way that Moses got across it way back in the book of Exodus is the same way that we're going to cross this season, and it's just trusting God. And I know it's a cliche thing, but this is the reality. Every season that we face and come up against, when we come against impossible situations, the only thing we can do is lean in and say, God, okay, it's all you or nothing. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this season. And so I gave this rock to my son just as a reminder that, you know, when we're in fear, when we're in fear, all we have to do is remember if God did it before, he can do it again because he's the God of the crossover. I want to read you a scripture in Joshua 4 as we start into this uh, today's message. Joshua 4 verse 21 uh, to 24, it says this, then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. Verse 23, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, verse 24, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This word for crossing over actually is connected to the word in Hebrew for Hebrew, for Hebrew. And the Hebrew people, one of the things about the Hebrew people is that this word actually means crossing over. Why? Because the Hebrew people were to be a people of the, they were pioneering people. They were, they were to be someone that exhibited a crossing over, that they were living in the world, but they were not of the world. And, and that they would always be people that would cross over outside of the parameters or the systems of this world that they would stay 
stand out above and beyond. They are called to cross over. Well, we, just the same, being grafted in and connected to Jesus, who was a Jew, who was a Hebrew, uh, we are connected to the spirit of we are called and destined to cross over in every season that feels impossible. And we will cross over. If you're taking notes this morning, it's really a question. My subject and my title is, what are your stones? Because he is the God of the crossover. What are your stones? What are your stones in this season? What are the things that you're going to gather in this season to be a memorial, to be a memory of God's breakthrough in this season? You will look back and you'll remember your Jordan moment in 2020 when the coronavirus hit and you remember when you were in isolation and you were in quarantine and all the things that went on and the the way you felt of how am I going to get through this and maybe you have young kids and finances are hard right now. Whatever the case may be, you will get through this and you will look back because you'll have extracted something precious from this season that will be a memory for future generations. And your children will be like, man, what was it like being in that time, that pandemic where the whole world was shut down and there was an economic shaking and it felt like everyone was losing themselves and, and in isolation, disconnected from humanity and relationship. What was it like? And, and you're going to be able to tell them, well, hey, in this time, I did this, I did that, I did that, and they're memorials for us now, and they're, they're the reason why we've seen such a breakthrough in our family, and you're going to have these stones, just like I do, you're going to have these stones to remember and to thank God, that even though it sucks and it's hard right now, there's going to be some good that comes out of it. You know, I want to read to you throughout the course of this message about 14 more verses, okay? So you're going to track with me here. And I have some points and I have some things that I feel like God wants you to take away from this message. But I want to say this at the forefront of everything. Like I said, he is the God of the crossover. He is the God of the crossover. And my prayer for you today is that you would figure out what are the things that you're going to collect and gather? What are the, what are the breakthroughs? What are the moments you're going to collect and gather in this season to be a sign for future generations that are, be, are going to be a sign and a memorial to the fact that you have crossed over. Here's the thing. God has not changed. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and I, I said this before in the last few weeks. Often when things around us shake, what it also does is reveal in us and to us Maybe the lack of foundation that we have in our faith. Maybe the lack of realization of who God is. Is God a good God? Is he a bad God? Is he out to get me? Is he for me? You know, we, we, we believe often the good side of God when things are good. But when things are bad, it's easy to get bitter. We talked about last week about bitterness, about dealing with the bitter root that produces poisonous fruit. And if you missed that, I'd encourage you to check out last week's message because it was all about bitterness. I think it's easy in seasons like this when there's uncertainty and unknowns to get really upset at God, upset at the close closest to us, get frustrated because really we're frustrated at ourselves because we feel lost. But it's in these seasons where God puts the greatest of foundations in our life. It's in these seasons where God, you know, he molds our character in the greatest of ways. It's in these seasons when God sculpts a side of our leadership that would not be sculpted without these external intense situations and circumstances. And so when these things happen, just remember, God has not changed. So if God has not changed and, and you see God a certain way when things are good, when things are bad, be assured and lean into this reality that God is still the same. So if God is still the same, we can still trust him the same way that we can or say we trust him when all things are good. We can still lean in. He's still the same God. He's just going to do something new in us in this season. I'm not saying that God caused this. That's bad theology. I'm not saying that God is the initiator, but God is a redeeming God. That's part of his nature. And in every bad situation that life throws at us, whether it's because of our lack of stewardship or the things that we do that aren't you know, necessarily the best for our lives, God steps in as a good father and says, okay, now that the pieces are all over the place and everything's broken, how can we fix this? How can we bring redemption? How can we bring restoration and reconciliation? How can I make you, Sean, come out of this season even stronger, better, better leader, better father, better husband, better version of yourself? How can we create a scenario where the best of you comes out of the worst of situations? That's the heart of God. 
You know, Israel, when you read this story, and I'm going to actually, I know I only read a part of the story. Some of you don't know the story even. I'm going to read a bit of the story for you, give you a little bit of context. Moses, one of the most humble leaders of all time, led a whole nation, the nation of Israel, out of 400 years of slavery. He led a people group, the Hebrew people that served the Hebrew God, led them out of Egypt and into an exodus, into a transition, and into a 40-year period of time to get into what was promised to the forefathers and the ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a land flowing with milk and honey called the promised land. Let's look at the promised land as a symbol for us, as the land where we're going to come into our purpose, the land where we're going to come into the greatest of breakthroughs in our life, the land that, that is promised to us that's better than slavery, better than bondage. It was a land that had been promised. It was about inheritance. It was about, you know, wherever your feet go, you're going to own it. You're going to dominate. And this was a promise that went through generation after generation. Now, Israel had been in bondage and slavery in Egypt under many pharaohs. Moses is raised up as a deliverer. He leads the people out of Egypt. You know, plagues come and all these things come. And yet the Jewish people, the Hebrew people survive all of it and are released. And they actually are released with not only just provision, but an abundance of provision, gold and silver. And they leave, and they move through a season. And one of the first obstacles, I said it earlier, was crossing the Red Sea. And, uh, you know, it was one of the first big, you know, opportunities for the people that were following Moses to trust him. They crossed the Red Sea, and then the journey began. You know, they could have made it into the promised land probably within about three weeks, 10 days to three weeks, somewhere in there. They could have made it into the promised land. But because of their grumbling, because of their complaining, because of their disobedience and rebellion, and their hearts were hard, they walked around in circles for 40 years. Why? Because God did not want them to come into the promised land with an Egyptian mindset, a slavery mindset. God had to take, God had, God had to give them time because they had a lot of heart stuff to work through. Remember, every hard season is always a heart season. Every hard season that you go through is always a heart season. And so when it's hard, just remember it's God working on your heart. It was more important to God to get rid of Egypt within them than it was just to take them out of Egypt. And so for 40 years, they walked around because of their rebellion, their grumbling, their complaining, and they didn't make it in. In fact, almost a whole entire generation died off, except for really one tribe, the tribe of Levi. But the whole, a whole generation died off in the wilderness. And in that time, another leader was being raised up named Joshua. And they come, they, they experience all this goodness. You know, God provided for them miraculously in the desert. You know, supernatural provision literally would come out of the sky. I mean, crazy stuff. Their clothes did not wear out. And yet over and over again, these people, so stubborn, so stiff-necked, would forget. This is why it's so important to remember all the good things that have happened in your life. Because it's so easy to forget. You're going through a hard time right now. We're in this pandemic and we forget that God has brought us through I would say even worse things before. For some of you, you were on the edge of death. God brought you through. For some of you, your child was on the edge of death. Let me tell you, a child on the edge of death, death is worse than you being in isolation right now. Is worse than an economic shakedown in your own personal life. Death is a lot worse, and you've been through it. Maybe you were on the verge of, a drug, uh, of an overdose, and God saved you. That was worse than it, what it is right now. In so many ways. And so if God brought you through before, he can bring you through this again. And this time you're going to come out on top. And so, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. So Joshua is raised up and uh, uh, 40 years in the wilderness go by. Moses, the leader, dies. You know, he's not able to take the people into the promised land. Right be and right before he dies, he appoints a new leader, Joshua. And uh, God, uh, God appoints uh, Joshua through Moses, says you're going to lead the people into the promised land like I could never. And then Moses dies and the baton is passed. And this is what Joshua chapter 1, verse 10 to 11 says. 40 years, 40 years, wilderness, or sorry, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready in three days. Maybe it's three months. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land 
the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, get ready. Okay, we're in a season of getting ready. We will cross over. Get ready. Grab a hold of whatever you can to prepare your heart. Prepare your heart for what's about to take place. Get ready. On the other side of you crossing over, it's always about you dominating. It's always about you occupying your place of influence. It's always about any challenge you go through, any break, any any Jordan moment you go through and have to cross over in life is all about getting you ready so that when you get on the, uh, the other side, you can begin to win in a way that you've never won before. Why? Because it's in the crossing over that God prepares your character. It's in the crossing over that God enhances or energizes your faith. It's in the crossing over where all the, 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 the things that maybe would take you out in the future, are shaken out of your life, almost like sifted out of your life. All those things that would have corrupted you down the line. It's in these crossing over moments, these breakthrough moments in life where you lean into God that you are prepared to handle what God wants to give you. Remember that. It's very important. We're coming into our purpose. We have a, a mindset of that. Then it says in Joshua 3 verse 4, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Who? The priests, the Levitical priests that are carrying the Ark of God. Now, I just want to paint this picture for a second. The command from God to Joshua was prepare the people, get ready. We're going to cross over in three days. It's going to be an amazing moment. But how we're going to do it is very, very, very important to, to listen to the instruction for it. The priest would carry the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, okay? The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. This was, this was the only time God was ever in a box, and he said, if you touch it, you'll die. It was holy, okay? There was things in that box that were holy, that were from the past, the law, the tablets. There were things that were very precious in that box, but that box was a box designed by God and represented the presence of God being carried from place to place in the wilderness, okay? It was actually put into the tent of meeting, which was like an old uh, version of the temple that was a mobile temple, okay? They'd set up a big tent called the tent of meeting. Moses would go in there, meet with God face to face. The Ark of the Covenant was in there, was in that place. It was, it was a holy place, the holy of holiest. I mean, if you touched it, like I said, if you touched it, you had sin in your life, you would die. I mean, it was holy because, I mean, you're encountering the God of the universe, okay? So I want you to get that. The, the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. And it says here in chapter 3 of verse 4, since you've never traveled this way before, you've never navigated a pandemic, you've never navigated the coronavirus, the COVID-19 situation, you, don't, you have no idea how this is going to shake down. He says, trust that they will guide you. This is verse 4. Stay about a half a mile, about 3,000 feet, about a half a mile behind them, social distancing. So even, this is where God instituted social distancing. Don't get near my presence. It's too holy. You'll die. You know, I'm kind of joking. But anyways, keep a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. So the priests, they, they were called to go ahead of the people. Why? Because when you bring, when you put the presence of God, okay, when you put the presence of God into the forefront of any Jordan, river of Jordan moment you're facing, you're in this impossible situation, impossible, how are you going to cross over this pandemic? How are you going to get through this whole season of isolation? If the presence of God is priority and it goes before you, it will part even the greatest of impossibilities. It will part the way for you. It will be what guides you through. You guys, if there was ever a time to lean in, it's, it's unfortunate that so much of humanity starts to pray, starts to lean into God when there is trouble. You know, when 911 happened, 911 happened, I mean, churches were flooded with people. When Katrina happened, the big flood happened in New Orleans, churches were flooded with people. These, these moments in time where great trouble hits the land is usually a time when humanity wakes up. And it's unfortunate. It, doesn't, it shouldn't be that way, but it happens. And so if it's happening, how do we redeem it? How do we, how do we leverage and how do we let God in the most we can? But here's the thing, the presence, when the presence of God goes before you in any season like this, it separates and creates a pathway for you to walk through. They needed to be able to see the ark before them at all, the at all times to know the way that they should go. They had to watch the presence of God, okay? They had to watch the presence of God. Now, in this time, 
of crossing the Jordan when the people came to the Jordan. They were about to cross over into the promised land. Keep in mind, I don't think I've even said this yet. When Joshua was leading the people, they were about to cross over into Gilgal, right outside of Jericho. They were about to conquer their first city, okay, and establish themselves as a people. And, and crossing over the Jordan meant coming into their promised land. This was their first, this was like a Red Sea moment. This was their first opportunity uh, with Joshua, the new leader, to, to kind of affirm and confirm himself as the legitimate leader that Moses thought he was and God thought he was. And so the presence went before them. It separated the river. Now, remember this, and I, I, I didn't say this earlier, but during this time, it was actually harvest season. It was harvest season. And in harvest season, there was uh, always an overflow of flooding, 10 to 12 feet higher on the riverbanks, okay? And usually, the people could have probably crossed over the Jordan, you know, but during flooding season, it was impossible. But this was the season that God had appointed for them to cross over. This was the time that they were appointed to cross over. Now, Moses had brought the people 40 years prior to this to the same location, basically, the same area. And they sent out spies into the land and they came back with fear, you know. And so because of their fear, they couldn't enter the promised land. And so 40 years later, it's like a reoccurring pattern. 40 years later, now Joshua, the next generation of leaders, is now leading them through. And they're at the same exact situation, but now there's a new perspective. Because the people that were with Joshua were the new generation that were born into the wilderness. There wasn't that many yet left that had actually come out of Egypt, except for the tribe of Levi. There wasn't that many that had come out of Egypt. So it's a whole new generation of thinking, perspectives. And I think this is what's happening right now. I think God is setting us up for something amazing because we have a new perspective. People are going online. People are doing different things differently in this season, finding new ways, new innovation. It's happening. It's happening. Let's just dive in now to Joshua 3, verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Verse 15, it was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan, and, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. I love this. We'll continue in verse 17 in a second. The moment their feet, carrying the presence of God, they had the ark with them, touched the water, it separated for them. The moment the presence of God touches whatever in situation you're up against right now, the moment you let the presence of God in, it has the ability, he has the ability to part the most aggressive of situations in your life and to give you a space to guide you through, to make it through, to create a pathway where there was no pathway before. It says in verse 17, meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, a few days ago, I was really feeling like, man, I was praying on Monday, I actually wasn't feeling this at all. I was going to share this. But a few days ago, I really began to feel like, man, I, I feel like I need to talk about crossing over and preparing to cross over in this season. And that in this season of isolation, there are things that God wants to give us. Uh, God wants to create memorials from this season for our lives that speak to generations. And, and, and what, what does that look like? And so I was thinking about the story of, of Joshua leading the people over the River Jordan. And... Uh, um, you know, and, and so I started to kind of meditate on it, you know, think about it, read it, you know, you know, read through it. And I haven't even got here yet, but if you continue reading the, the scripture, which I will read soon, um, one of the things that God commanded Joshua to do was to gather 12 stones. It's kind of funny because we're celebrating 12 years as a, as a, a legal entity, but God said to Joshua, gather 12 stones and stack them uh, in the camp, when you come out of the River Jordan and you get out of the situation, you're going to stack them at Gilgal, where you're going to camp, you're going to stack them, and when a future generation asks you, what are these stones, which is the scripture I opened up with, what are these stones, you're going to tell them, hey, this is a memorial and a reminder of how God brought us through the Jordan River on dry ground. 
And so, you know, I started meditating on this, and on Saturday morning, yesterday, I really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to ask my son. My son, Ezekiel, has this, um, has this action comic book Bible. And I said, go get your action comic book Bible. I want to read a story to you. And I felt uh, provoked to, to read the story of Israel crossing over the Jordan, led by Joshua. So I began to read it, and... Uh, you know, it was a short story. It's in a comic book format, so it was pretty short. I began to read it, and I just continued to ruminate on this, like, this, this passage. I feel like this is a prophetic passage for us in this season, that God is preparing us to cross over, but out of it, we're going to pull some stones out of it that become a memorial that speak to future generations. And so... I, because, uh, you know, everybody, the world's watching right now. Your kids are watching how you as parents navigate this season, season in your business, in your work life, in your marriages, in your families. The kids are watching. And so after I read this story to my son, I, I just went away and I, I had this urge to, to voice text a friend of mine. He's a rabbi. He lives in California. His name is Rabbi Jason Sobel. And so I, I text him and I voice texted him. I said, hey, listen, man, I don't know, like, if this is significant, I know it's harvest season, and I'm curious on the biblical calendar because we have, you know, there's two calendars. We have our calendar that we live by, but then we have the biblical calendar, which the, the Jewish people still live by to this day. And um, so I had this idea. I should call him, find out, is there anything significant about this story right now? And it's funny because if you read the story, it talks about how this happened. They passed over or crossed over uh, the Jordan on the first, on the 10th day of the first month of Nisan, okay? And so, you know, having no clue, the season that we're in on the biblical calendar, I call this guy, he, he messages me back and says, actually, Sean, interestingly, in Jewish thought, I mean, most people think it's between, you know, uh, uh, March and May, this season of harvest season, uh, and, and this would have been around the time when this would have happened, but he said in Jewish thought, the, te- the first month uh, the 10th day of the first month of Nisan actually is today, which was yesterday. So it was actually Saturday. It would have been when the people of Israel actually crossed over the Jordan. I was like, what? I mean, I was like, it was crazy just thinking about it. Like that I was in this space like reliving almost like a, a historical moment in the scripture. I just happened to be living it on the same day. And I feel like it was just one more confirmation and affirmation that this is a word from God for us in this season. This is a word for you in this season that you will cross over and you're going to pull some of the greatest memories from this season. So many important things happened on the 10th day of Nisan, actually. Even Ezekiel had his vision of the restored temple and the restored kingdom, the future kingdom uh, on, on this same day. And it's like, you know, I feel like that. I feel like Ezekiel in this moment, seeing that, like, there's going to be restoration that happens out of this season. That there's a, a bright future for the church. There's a bright future for you, anyone that's watching, that's going to come from this season. This is the season where God's going to do the impossible. It's harvest Season. So many other good things happen on that day. I mean, even Jesus came into Jerusalem on that day. Actually, it was the same day that Moses would have led the people across the Red Sea. And then 40 years later, on the same day, Joshua led the people across the Jordan. And then, you know, Jesus came into Jerusalem. It was like considered, we call it Palm Sunday. But around the same exact day, same time, he comes in to, 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 to his city to, before he's crucified. And they're yelling, Hosanna, son of David, Hosanna, Hosanna. That word Hosanna comes from a Hebrew word, Yasha, which means to open, to open open up to, to, to be free. And I feel like this is what's happening in this season. We're opening up to a new sense of freedom. We're opening up in this season to God, letting God in, in this chaotic time. It's amazing. Sometimes, and, and I want to read this. I'm going to continue reading for you. I'm almost done reading, I promise. Okay, I have a couple more scriptures to read here. Joshua 4, verse 4 to 7 says, So Joshua called together now. This is the, the main crux of what we're talking about. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark, in front of the presence of God, of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone. So pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all. So 12 people, 12, pick up 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, verse 6. 
We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? When you can tell them, then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Why? Because sometimes, write this down, sometimes you need to remember yesterday to find strength for today. These stones stacked up will be a reminder of what God did yesterday. And if he's the same God, Hebrews 13, verse 8, if he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, these stones are a reminder. Yesterday was a reminder of, that, of the reality that we can lean in to trust God for strength in our today. Think about all the good things that God has done. He'll do it again. And this is a season where he'll do it again. My kids, you know, all represent, um, they, they all represent to me seasons of significant struggle and significant breakthrough. And, uh, and I, I really believe that uh, these, there's, there's five stones and I'm going to, I'm going to connect what I just said in a second here, but there are five stones that God wants to give us today. From this season, God wants to give us five stones to look for in this season, to pick up in this season. He wants us to, co to collect stones that become a reminder for us of God's faithfulness in this season. And I think of my four kids, and they are a reminder of seasons of in Michelle and I's life of struggle, but also breakthrough. And so there are five stones, and you know, Jacob had stones that really were important to him. He laid his head on a stone, had a vision of the house of God. You can read it in Genesis 28. David had five stones that he collected. One of them he used to fight Goliath. It was a breakthrough moment. You know, Israel had them 12 stones like we see here in this scripture. Jesus obviously had one stone. He was the cornerstone. He was the stone that was broken to create the living stones, which is us the body of Christ, but he also had a stone that was rolled away that represents the breakthrough of his life, the resurrection of Jesus. But I, I believe God wants us to collect five stones this morning, and I want to give you five stones for us to look for in this season. Number one, write this down if you're taking notes, are the stones of promise. God wants us to collect stones of promise. I believe that in this season, God is going to give you and speak to you new promises it's going to be a season where God fulfills old promises. Maybe some of you felt like you were, you know, you were called to be something specific and, and you felt like your life in the last 10 years has not reflected that. And in this season, I believe that God's giving you an opportunity to come in and do things that you never could do before. Maybe because of your lifestyle, your schedule, but now that things have shifted I believe for many people out there, God is going to actually fulfill promises at the same time that he's going to give them, give you new promises. I know for, for us, when promise, my firstborn daughter was born, there was so many things that happened. That was 2009. There was so many things that happened in that season leading up to her birth. I mean, the doctor said she was going to be premature at six months. You know, the same day that my wife was admitted to the hospital, we got robbed, our car got broken into, lost everything. And uh, so many things begin to happen. I mean, I remember we emptied out our account, our ministry account for the homeless in our city on that day on a, on a big outreach with hundreds of people on the street. And that same night, my car was broken into. I was robbed. That same weekend, my wife went into the hospital, ended up being months of her being in the hospital, kidney failure, all these different things, failing, not working out. And, and it was a crazy season. It was a crazy season of, of challenge and struggle. And the doctor said, this child will not, become, not come full term. And we just held on to it. We believed that in that season of struggle that we were going to see promise come full term. And she did. And not only that, we were also believing for our first house. And it happened. I mean, it was, so many things happened in 2009. It was like we gathered a stone of promise. Every time I look at my daughter promise, I remember the struggle, but I also remember the breakthrough. She, as an individual, is like a memorial stone for me of God's faithfulness. So many things happened in a, around her life and her birth that represents the breakthrough that we had and a breakthrough that we're still living today as a result of it. And every time I look at my kids, I see them as stones. Number two, God wants to give you stones of victory. Stones of victory. This is a season, I believe, of victory where you're going to begin to see God do what he said he would do. I believe you're going to see God conquer fear in your life. Some of you have been dealing with 
severe fear. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's insecurity. I know Peter, it was the moment that he got his eyes off of Jesus when he was walking on the water and onto the waves that he began to sunk. The moment he realized, the moment he realized that what he was doing was impossible, the moment he got his attention and his focus off of Jesus, he got into fear. And because of fear, he began to sink. I was watching this movie recently with my kids called Onward. It's a Pixar movie. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it, this, this guy, one of the main characters in the movie, he's trying to cross over this, this, this cliffside. There's a big, you know, uh, a big, uh, uh, what's the word? There's a big, uh, I can't think of the word now. There's two cliffs, and he has to cross over. He has to get across somehow. And he, he has this, like, uh, wizard staff. And so he has this spell, and he makes this spell to walk over on, invisible, on an invisible bridge. And he's walking, and he's attached to a rope. And as he's going, it's working, it's working. He's getting confident. He's like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And, but what he doesn't realize is that the rope actually isn't long enough to allow him to make it to the other side. The rope was his security. In case this spell didn't work and he'd fall, he would be caught by his brother. Well, the rope runs out, but he doesn't know the rope runs out, and he keeps going. He's happy, he's happy. And the moment he gets his eyes off of where he was going and his eyes on the reality behind him that there was no more rope left, he falls. He barely makes it. He falls. That's what fear does to us. And I believe that, like I said, in the beginning of 2020, I believe God is dealing with fear. There's going to be victory in this area. And you're going to grab a stone of victory in the area of fear, a stone of victory in the area of your insecurity, a stone of victory in the area of unbelief where you've not been able to trust God like I believe he's wanted you to trust and lean into him in the past season. I know for us, when we had our daughter victory, it was a crazy season of expansion, that year, so many things began to expand. God began to elevate our leadership. It was a season of leadership and conquering a season of growth and moving forward in so many areas. It was a season of expansion and victory. And so when I look at my daughter, Victory, I rem I'm reminded of that season, some of the struggles, but also the breakthrough. She's a stone. She's a memorial for me moving forward. Number three, write this down. Number three, the third stone that God wants you to grab in this season it's the stone of strength, the stone of strength, the stone of strength. This is a season when you're going to dig deep. You're going to dig deep within yourselves. And I, I, I said this earlier, sometimes you need to remember yesterday to, for, to find strength for today. Ezekiel, my third born, ch born child, the name Ezekiel actually means uh, the strength of God and God strengthens. And, and you know, it's funny because I mentioned on the first month of the 10th day of Nisan, which is the day that we're talking about the season of crossing over the Jordan, it was when Ezekiel had his vision of the restored temple and the new and the future New Jerusalem and the way things were going to be in the future and the hope. He has this vision and it brought strength and faith into the now. I believe that we're coming out of this season with great strength and God's going to give you a stone of great strength. It's funny because eight, almost eight years ago now, on the, on the birthday, literally, almost literally to the day on the birthday, uh, we were passed over. The, the baton was passed to us from previous leadership to take over the local church and to add in the local church element into our ministry. That was almost eight years ago. It was my, 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 my wife went into labor that night with Ezekiel, that night on the day that we had the celebration, that the baton was being passed. It was a new season. My son represents to us a new season, a new season of strength, a new season of promotion, a new season. He's a memorial for me of, of that. And I feel like for you watching right now, you're going to have uh, many moments in this season where you're going to draw strength. You're going to draw strength out of this season in a real powerful way. Number four, the fourth stone is the stone of harvest. The stone of harvest. The stone of harvest. I know for us, when we had our fourth daughter, we had our fourth daughter. It marked 11 years of, of praying for some specific things for our personal lives. And when she was born, literally, it marked, it marked ama an amazing personal harvest for us. It was an incredible season of breakthrough, an incredible season of, of new fruitfulness, not necessarily for what we do, but personally for us. And it was, a, it was a hard season. It was a season of struggle. But man, it was a season of breakthrough. And when I look at my daughter Harvest, She's our fourth child. 
I'm reminded, it's like a memorial for me of like, wow, God is so faithful. God is so incredible. And I believe for many of you in this, and uh, in, in, in whenever you're watching right now, for many of you in this season, you're going to grab a stone of harvest out of this season. That's something that you take from this season, something that gets redeemed by God in this season will show itself powerful when it comes to a harvest in your life, fruitfulness in your life. Good things are going to come out of this season for you. And number five, the last stone that I believe God wants us to grab out of this season is the stone of resurrection. Stone of resurrection. When Israel had crossed over to the other side, so they crossed over the Jordan, the first place they went was Gilgal. And that, that, and I'm going to read the scripture to you, actually. Go to verse 19 of chapter 4. The people crossed the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Then they camped at Gilgal, just east of Jericho. This word Gilgal means to, it, it means a, a, a wheel or it means rolling. It possibly also could be defined as a circle of stones, but it means a rolling away. And we can draw this imagery because Joshua really represents even the name Jesus and the name Joshua in Hebrew and its Hebrew counterpart really is connected to the name of Jesus. Joshua is a prophetic picture or symbol of Jesus. Moses was a picture of the old covenant, the law. Joshua, the new covenant. You can't bring the law. You can't bring the law into the old. The old is the foundation that sets the tone. It's the foundation. But to go into the new, you cannot mix the old and the new together. It's like mixing old wine and a new wineskin. The skin will burst. And so Moses, the old, had to stop, had to, had to end, so to speak, had to stop. It did its part so Joshua could lead the people into the promised land. So Joshua leads them in. He's a picture of Jesus. And he leads them in. And the first place they go to celebrate, the first place they go is Gilgal. And it's a picture of this resurrection that God is doing in this season. There are things that are resurrecting in this season. I mean, we're even preparing, you know, just, you know, a week away to, to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, this coming Sunday, when the stone was rolled away. It's like the spiritual Gilgal, so to speak, where the stone was rolled away and all things are new. Jesus went through. He crossed over the, the Jordan. He descended. The word Jordan literally means to descend. Jesus descended from heaven and came down so that we could cross over with him. And he crossed over from death to life. And so have we. If you've let Jesus into your life, you've crossed over your own Jordan. You've descended down. You've come down and you've overcome. And now you're a new creation. Well, this is what Jesus has done for us. I love it. It says in Luke 24, verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. I just believe this, that in this season, we are going to grab a stone of resurrection. We're going to come out with new life. It's going to be new. It's going to be new. The old you is going to stay like Moses died. The old version, the old version is going to stay pre-quarantine. And the new version of you is going to come post-quarantine. It's funny because I have this key. I don't know if we can zoom in, probably not, but I have this key here, and it says on the key, resurrection. It says resurrection. This is the giving keys, and, and this is a, it's a kind of a cool not-for-profit that's based out of Nashville, and the whole premise is it's a not-for-profit that employs homeless people. They find old keys, and they write these uh, sort of like... Uh, you know, prophetic type words on them. And you, you give these keys to individuals where you feel like this word represents their season. And once that season is over, you give the key away to someone else. It's like a pay it forward type of a not-for-profit. And I've been wearing this key for the last year and a half. And it says resurrection on it. And I just believe it's a, it's a sign. It's a sign out for me where there are things in me in this season and even more during this quarantine that are going to be resurrected in me, reawakened in me. But I believe it for you as well, that you're going to pull a stone of resurrection out of this season in a real powerful way. I want to pray for you. If you're, if you're you know, watching today and, and maybe you're a little overwhelmed still with this season, maybe you're struggling with a lot of fear, it's normal. You're not alone. The world at large in so many ways is struggling with fear. And uh, I just believe that, you know, each and every week coming at you live here, I'm just praying that another layer of that fear would leave. Another layer, maybe it's fear over your finances, fear over your family, fear for, you know, your retirement, fear, whatever the case may be, your job coming back, how it's going to look, how life's going to look, whatever the fear is that you're dealing with today, 
I just believe God wants to set you free. I believe God wants to open you up to get his perspective today. I believe God wants to get you ready that as you cross this Jordan, this is your Jordan, and you stand in the middle and you let the presence of God, the ark of God go before you, and you stand in the middle that your attention will be on, okay, where are the stones? I want to grab some stones from this season. I don't want to just cross over quickly. I don't want to just make it through and run across. I want to get some stones so that I can bring them with me as a reminder. I want to collect some things in this season that are going to be memorials for me to tell future generations Wow, when I was in quarantine, I did this, I did this, started my new business, you know, invested in this, did that, I don't, whatever the case may be for you. <clears throat> started a family, you know, take, took time with your family, invested in your family. Whatever the thing is for you, God wants you to pull out stones of promise, stones of victory, stones of strength, stones of harvest, and stones of resurrection, stones of awakening old hope that's died. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I'm praying that in this season, a new you would come out of this season. If you're watching and you've never let Jesus into your life before, the greatest decision you'll ever make is to let him in. Just to be open, to let him into your life, to invite him in, to say yes to him, to let him descend down into your life. That as you descend into the Jordan, as you cross over, to let him come in, to let him make himself uh, have a home in your heart. All you have to do is say yes. It says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that everything will change in your life. All you have to do is say yes. And if you're watching right now and you've never let him, and I want to give you an opportunity right now, if you would just, wherever you are, close your eyes and just give him a moment right now. Give him a moment to encounter you. I want to pray for you. And if you would, if you're in this moment right now with me and you want to let him in, just say these words. Say, Jesus I believe you're God. I want you in my life. I receive your forgiveness today. I want to step into what you have for me in this next season. I want to have a relationship with you. Heal my life. Set me free. Fill me with your power. Let today be the day of a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that and you meant it, I want to encourage you, reach out to us at prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We'd love to put some resources into your hands, pray for you, be there for you, support you along your journey. And, uh, but that's the greatest decision you'll ever make in this season. There's never, uh, there's never been a better season to lean in, to let God into your season than right, than right now during this time. But for the rest of us, I just believe that God wants us to break through right now. I believe for, for, that some things are going to happen in your life right now that are going to shift you into new perspective. And I want you to pray with me, wherever you are. <clears throat> if you're in your living room with your spouse, I want you to stand up just for a moment. Uh, you don't have to, but if you want to stand up just to change the environment physically. Sometimes it's good to get you know moving, change the environment. Just lift your hands just for a moment. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Some of you need healing in your body right now. Some of you are struggling. Some of you, the sickness since you've been in quarantine has gotten worse because you've not been out and about. Your immune system's low. You know, you're not, you're not maybe physically active like you were and just your, your body just feels like it's worse than it was. Whatever the case may be, I want to pray for you, for strength for you. And God, I just pray right now that you would strengthen every person's body, their immune system. God, I pray that you would pull out any virus, any infection in their body right now. If anybody watching has actually has the coronavirus, I pray that right now you would set them free, that the virus, the symptoms of this virus would go in Jesus' name. And that, God, you break the power of fear off of anybody watching right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would empower us today, God. I pray that you would open us up in a new way, God, to perspectives of that, that you have for us, God, to transform our lives in this next season. God, I pray that you would open doors in this season that no man can open, that, God, you would inspire us, that you would give us innovation and creativity. God, I pray, God, just for clear clarity on this next season. Give us clarity on this next season, what it's going to look like, God. Give us wisdom how to navigate this season. <clears throat> Give us wisdom on how to walk. Give us wisdom on how to, how to leap forward in this season. Maybe there's some big jumps for you that you're called to make in this next season. Give us wisdom on how to jump, how to leap, how to run, God. I pray that in this season, God, those that have battled with a lack of vision, that you would restore vision, that you would restore vision right now 
that you'd remove the fogginess, that in this time of self-awareness and self-quarantine, that there, there, there would be a great awareness, awareness of what it is that you have for them in the future, an awareness of what you have for them down the road, an awareness, God, of whatever it is that they are called to extract from this season. I pray that you give them an awareness in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would heal everybody that's watching right now. God, if they need a healing in their body, their organs, their joints, God, their body, their backs, their shoulders, their any area around the head, the ears, the eyes, God, any, any miracle that they need right now, God, I pray for healing to come right now through the camera. I pray for healing to overwhelm them, God, that you'd open up deaf ears, even partially deaf ears, God, that you'd open up eyes, you'd fix the eyes, God, that you'd heal the heart, God, that you'd heal arthritis right now, those that are watching. I pray that, God, you would just send literally an overwhelming wave of healing right now through the cameras into their living room, wherever they're watching, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, guys, we love you. I hope this encouraged you this morning. You're crossing over. He's the God of the crossover. Ask yourself the question, what are the stones that God wants you to pull from this season? I gave you some examples. Maybe you have others. And I pray that you get a hold of that in this season and come out stronger than when you came in in Jesus' name.